The views and opinions of the EDGE podcast do not necessarily represent those of Education USA, U.S. Department of State, or the U.S. government. Welcome to The Edge, the Education USA Global Exchange Podcast, broadcasting from the central nervous system of our global network, Washington, D.C. everyone and welcome back to The Edge. My name is Adina Archer and I am your host. I'm recording this intro from beautiful San Jose, Costa Rica, where we are hosting our WHA Regional Forum. If you want to learn more about this forum, you can check out episode 6. Please also save the date for early May 2023 for our Sub-Saharan Africa Regional Forum to be held in Cape Town, South Africa. More details on that special event will be released soon. Today, we are excited to bring you this bonus episode on integrating the Education USA network into your enrollment strategy. This episode was taped during our Education USA forum in Washington, D.C. in August. I was pleased to welcome Daniel, Kathleen, and Petra for this important session, and especially thankful to them for agreeing to record it with me to share with all of you. If you're curious about how seasoned professionals integrate our network into their enrollment strategies, pull out a pen and paper and be ready to take some notes. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kathleen Joyce. I'm Assistant Dean in the College of Engineering and Computer Science at Syracuse University. I'm really thrilled to be here at the Education USA Forum. Uh, it's a great reminder of why we do what we do and the value and the camaraderie of the, the great network of friends and colleagues. So thank you, Adina, for this opportunity and um, looking forward to the session. All right, I'm Petra Marlin. I'm the Director of International Admissions and Recruitment at the University of Southern Mississippi. Also really excited to be here for my very first podcast ever with Adina and friends. Um, and really excited to talk about this topic of um, how to use Education USA um, in your recruitment cycle. And I'm Daniel Whitmer from Indiana University Bloomington. I'm the Associate Director for Sponsored Student Services. I work under international admissions, but I'm focused on students who are sponsored by their home country government or employers and those types of scholarship programs. It is so great to be back in D.C. at the Forum after my last time here was three years ago, I think, but working with Education USA for so many years and so many great memories. And it's great to be back and really kind of like remembering all those great times of traveling together and recruiting together. And we have great collaboration in our field for sure. Thank you, Daniel. So today, what we thought we would do is we are um, actually preparing for a session for this year's forum. And the name of our session or the title of our session is Integrating the Global Education USA Network into Your Strategic Enrollment Plan. So for those who are not at the forum or for those who are at the forum and went to a different session or for those who went to our session and loved it so much, this is the prequel to our session. Um, so I'm just going to take you guys through some questions and you guys can answer a little bit about this. But the idea here is um, we all know um, how great the Education USA Network is, it is how global it is. Um, you guys are all seasoned uh, professionals. And so we just really wanted to have a conversation about sort of strategy, right? So we hear day to day, you know, you can travel with EdUSA, you can do fairs with EdUSA, but how are you building it 
into your enrollment strategies on your campus. So we frame this as um, through the enrollment funnel. So anyone listening here um, will be familiar with this idea of the enrollment funnel where you start with prospects, you move on to inquiries, you have your applicants, your admits, your commits, and eventually your enrollments. Um, if you're not familiar with this, you can Google it and you will see some um, variation of this. And so moving through the enrollment funnel, just starting with prospects. So prospects are students who may be don't know anything about your institution. Maybe they're students who haven't even thought about coming to the United States to study. So um, can you guys talk a little bit about how you use Education USA um, to sort of build your markets and your pipelines as you're thinking about those students who maybe don't know a lot about you? Sure, Adina. I'm happy to, to, to kick this off. So when I think about Education USA and I think about the way it supports and strengthens our overall strategy, one of the biggest ways I think about is in terms of establishing as well as affirming or, or strengthening our existing pathways and relationships in certain markets. So when I think about Education USA, the um, it, let's start with new markets. It's really such a reliable source in terms of helping us to understand what we're thinking about a certain particular area. The expertise, the underground expertise of the advisors and the reacts really helps us to understand what are student interests in those areas, what is the culture like in that particular area, so we really have a better understanding before we invest resources into a particular new market where we've not been tested before. In terms of building or strengthening existing markets, it's really important, and particularly in terms of the um, building the prospect pool. Uh, we have areas that we've gone to year after year, but you can never take those areas for granted, and you can't forget about them, even if, if it's been someplace you've been recruiting for 20 years. So Education USA gives us opportunities, both through the events as well as um, virtual events now at post-COVID, to help us to re-engage, to re-establish, and reintroduce ourselves in those existing markets. So from, from again, emerging to uh, existing markets, it's just such a strong support and foundation for institutions. Well, and building on that, I think the forum is a great place to, to start out doing that because, you know, you come and you have all of these advisors and reacts from all of the different areas. And, you know, just going to some of the sessions can be helpful. Just the, the regional sessions can be helpful to kind of hear the information. And you can kind of take that back and go, they're telling you what these students need, what they're lacking, what they, you know, are going to require in order to come to the United States or consider maybe studying and I think that that's a great way to kind of, you know, evaluate and look at your institution like, okay, am, are we going to offer those kinds of things? And um, is that a good match for us? And then they also offer the regional forums, which if you, you know, decide to meet up with some people at, you know, this forum um, and you think that might click, then the regional forums are the way to really get to know those advisors and build connections Um just to start working on that that market. Um, and then in addition to that, of course, the fairs are great ways to build your prospect pool. Um, both the virtual fairs, which I thought were, were very well run and continue to be well, well run, and, and then now the in-person fairs are coming back. So that's exciting, right? At my institution, I'm focused on sponsored student recruitment, which is really over, um, you know, it falls as a, an important section of the overall recruitment uh, plan for our office. And 
when thinking about sponsored student recruitment, Education USA advisors are the bedrock. They are the ones that who know the individual government scholarships in each of their countries, and they are, in my experience, the most critical resource of knowledge and networking um, for those of us who do want to find ways to attract students in these programs. And I would like to point out that, you know, sponsored students uh, tend to come from countries that are oftentimes underrepresented on many of our campuses. And so they really help to diversify our international population and bring in countries that normally would not be represented. So Education USA Advisors, the REACTS, they are the ones that provide me continually, uh, continual updates, the freshest knowledge, what's happening. And that's how I build my strategy for my recruitment plan for any given year based on the knowledge that I get here at the forum and keeping those networks very active. Thank you guys so much. I was just going to add one more thing. I'm thinking about resource allocation when we're talking about prospects and how do we build a market and how do we maintain a market. So one tool that I have used in the past um, to sort of think about this and how do we build these markets and how do we sort of maintain these pipelines, right? Um, and one is really looking at allocation between um, maintenance markets, right? So we sort of go in, we have these relationships to your point. We are finessing those relationships. We're maintaining those relationships um, and then you've got sort of a market that you've been looking at, but you're not quite sure, right? Maybe there you, you hear, I think, Uzbekistan is one where I know before the pandemic, they were looking at some sponsored students, some increasing their sponsored student program or, or rolling one out. I can't remember exactly. Um, but maybe it's just a, a market that you hadn't really thought of, right? Or there's something new happening in that in that market that you honestly wouldn't know about unless you got on the ground, and you probably wouldn't get on the ground because you wouldn't know about it, right? It's sort of like the chicken and egg thing. Um, and so thinking about what are those um, perspective markets, and then you've got these markets where you have a hunch that it's probably going to be good, but you know, you're not quite sure if it's what you want to be doing. And, you know, I call those an exploratory market. So thinking about um, for for my maintenance markets, what is, what is my commitment, whether it's financial or, or other, you know, it's going to be a little bit smaller than these markets that I want to build because presumably, right, if I have these relationships already, I can go into country and very quickly finesse those relationships, right, and maintain those relationships, but spend a little bit more time in these other markets where we want to build. And then maybe if you're lucky and you have a little bit of extra money on a trip, you can like make a quick stop someplace else and sort of get to see what that might be like. Or maybe you're thinking of a particular country, to your point, Petra, um, and you know that they're going to be represented at a, at a regional forum. And so let me get to that forum and, and talk with that particular uh, particular advisor from that country. So um, sort of how we're shaping those enrollment plans and how we're thinking about resource allocation can be really helpful here as well. Um, the next one is um, what we're calling in inquiries. So how do we use Education USA to build strategic markets and pipelines? So we've talked a little bit about how we attract these students. Now, how are you using... Um, Education USA really during that application period. I'd like to follow up on something that Petra already mentioned, which is the um, Education USA fairs. So the fairs are a very important part of our strategy because that really allows us to, again, reestablish ourselves with an audience of students. Students who attend those fairs who are even remotely interested in our programs to see a representative from the institution that they're 
that they are investigating or researching present and at, you know in attendance at an Education USA fair is so incredibly valuable um, because a it, it shows uh, that it was important enough for us to be in that market, to be present, and it also, I think, gives them the opportunity to have a connection with someone from the rep institution um, to, to continue the conversation about the program. So I couldn't agree more about the, how essential the fairs are. In person, certainly, but the virtual opportunities, the virtual fairs, those two were really valuable ways for for us to continue to build a relationship with students who have an interest um, as an actual, you know, formal inquiry. I would, I would add to that too that especially at the undergraduate level, I think Education USA now been working very hard. I think in a number of countries to build relationships with those national schools that fall outside the realm of your typical international school, right? Where I know there's certain universities that aren't going to be looked at as much. And the the inter, you know the international schools that require students to pay tuition and all that, and there are still plenty of students at national schools that are looking at U.S. schools, but it's harder to get connected with those because they may not have school counselors and all of those things. And I think Education USA is making inroads and pathways into those schools to identify national schools that have strong populations of students that could study in the U.S. And, and those fairs are a way to get connected with those students. I found that uh, high school students who are connected into Education USA via, you know, because the advisor in country is networking with that high school and providing programming and resources, those students tend to have such a greater understanding of the Education USA system, or sorry, our education system, and um, it, it tends to be even easier to connect with those students and um, they're already kind of familiar with the lingo and, you know, different parts of the application process. So that's a huge advantage right there. And then throughout the application process too, having students who can connect with an advisor if there are issues along the way or issues of getting transcripts or you're trying to get a, in contact with um, a school or clarify something about a transcript, advisors are there for us along the way and actually respond to our emails and our inquiries as we're dealing with individual applicants and need help. And that is such a vital resource for us as we're talking about this application pipeline process. And I've seen a lot of um, the centers now um, in some countries, I know Nigeria does this a lot, but there are other countries as well where they'll instruct the students to, you know, put on their signature line in their emails that they're and that they're connected with Education USA, and that's so helpful because then you, you know, you know that if you do have a question, you can definitely, you know, connect to that advisor and say, "I'm working with this student," and they'll know right away. Yeah, that's one of our students, and um, and be able to help and follow up with with that student and you during the application process. It's yeah, one of the things we've seen a lot of during the pandemic, particularly as countries reopen, is um, I can't get my transcript. You know, my 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 university's closed, the registrar's office closed, or you know, whatever. Um, and so I've seen a lot of inquiries from higher ed into the advising center saying, is this really true, right? And sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not exactly true, right? Um, have you guys used any of our advising centers for anything like that to verify high schools, to verify transcripts, to verify financials? 
I, I had a case where we did ask for some help with verifying some financials with, you know, a, a student that had like a, it was like a, an organization in the U.S., but it had connections to Nigeria where we were following up with EdUSA Nigeria because they had several other students that, or just a handful of other students they knew that were using that Um they called themselves an NGO. It's been interesting because we followed through with that. And initially they thought, yes, this is legitimate. But then they had one of their students get dropped by that sponsor. So now, you know, because we've worked together, we're all aware of this. We know <laughs> who they are. Um, and, you know, they can spread awareness now, too, among their students, and you know, and, and help advise. So I think that that, you know, working together and being a network like that makes us stronger. Um and not, you know, accusing one another of anything like they didn't know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been helpful. And I've used them in the past for verifying credentials, um, you know, back in, in the day in China. <laughs> we used to get a lot of um, high school transcripts and whatnot from the, some of the Chinese um, high schools. You couldn't really verify those, right? We'd use them um, to help with that as well. So um definitely really helpful. And I just want to be really clear that, of course, they cannot verify that grades are correct. Of course, they cannot verify how much money someone has, but they can look at something and say, this looks a little strange or no, this is totally what or it should look like. Or does this person actually work at this institution or they can call and, and say, this is this, you know, this is the signature. Um, and whereas, you know, we could try to call and never get anybody on the phone or you don't speak the language. Um, so they can help with that. And also helping to verify whether, higher education institutions are actually open and functioning. Um, anything else on this stage? So I think I'd like to just mention, um, so at this forum, we're really hearing, and we all understand too, that we're in such an incredibly competitive market for student talent. Um, and I have a great example of Education USA as an advocate, not only for individual institutions, but also for the U.S. as a destination for higher study. Um, I recently speaking to one of our current students, and always like to hear how they found out about our institution. Um, this, the student came to us through the Education USA office in Mumbai, and he knew the uh, advisor there by name. And I just was amazed at the connection across the miles, um, how the advisor took the time to guide the student through the admissions process, through the application process. Not, I wasn't aware of it at all, but they continually advocate for us, for our programs for the United States. And as an institution, I can't think of a more valuable ally in this, in this process. And just to add a further plug is that going through that process, seeing some of these advisors just really, um, their, their genuine care and concern for these students, it, is, it, it shines through. And I've seen that over and over again. And it's, it's such a, a wonderful aspect that they really, I guess the, the word I would think of is they humanize the process. That's great. Well, in our opening, they also emphasized, um, you know, telling the students stories. And I think that, um, that at USA is, it's really trying to ramp up on the social media um, and be and having avenues for us to be able to submit um, some of our students' stories and to be able to to tell those. and And I love the the video that they just came out 
with, um, or the State Department just came out with, um, really highlighting, you know, not the individual institutions, but the types of institutions that were available in the United States and those the students telling their stories. So I think that that is just a, I think that's just kind of an opening into what is to come. Um, and that, that was really exciting to see. Yeah, and there's um, obviously been a big push um, towards what we call um, MIS, um, minority serving institutions, community colleges, those, you know, those, those types of institutions. And so we'll see more of that come out in the ad campaign. What did you just talk about? Um, I was talking about the individual stories that students had and telling those stories or having a, you know, being able to, to advertise those yeah. through social media. Because so much of this is so personal, right? So much of this is my cousin went or my uncle went or, you know, um, it's it, it very much is. So thinking about, you know, I go back to my higher ed days and beyond help with maybe some credentials, I don't know that I utilized EdUSA during that admission process, right, of like reading season and all of that. Do you guys have any experience during that part of the funnel working with Education USA? And if so, how? I did, like this year I had a lot of students from one particular school um, in Nigeria applying. And so I did reach out at that point and just kind of asked a little bit more information about the school. Some of them had like a tagline that they were at USA and um, and it was great because I they were fantastic students. So it was just reaffirming to me to, to hear that, yes, this is an actual school. It is a really strong school for math and science. So it totally makes sense that they have these great math scores on the SAT and to learn a little bit more about that particular institution. So that, that was very helpful for me to put some context around, you know, what was going on and why we were seeing those applications and that kind of thing. And I think that is, um, you, as we work with Education USA advisors, we see that different countries have different strengths, right? Some of the offices or some of the advisors might have um, more strengths working and networking with high schools directly. Others might be a little bit more strong on the graduate side. And that's really going to depend, in my experience, on the country. And so they each all have kind of their own little flavor that you kind of get to know as you build that network and, and have those experiences. Wonderful. So thinking about... Um, so we're almost toward the end of our enrollment funnel and we've admitted all these students, right? And we're trying to get visas out the door and um, maybe we're doing some little online orientations before they come to campus. How are you utilizing the network at that stage? At, at the point that we know, you know, students are taking us seriously, they're starting to send their documents. I think we all have, you know, probably some comp plans that go out that encourage that process and try to move students along. Um, and, and at that point, we're also starting to get some emails from some EdUSA offices um, letting us know what their pre-departure dates are and that kind of stuff and wanting to, sh to you know, to share that with students. Um, but this year in particular, I noticed that there was, a, in a year where embassies were open for visa interviews and, and people were getting visas, there was a group of students who had no problem getting expedited visa appointments, and there was a group of students who really struggled with that. Um, and, you know, nine times out of ten, the student who was working with an EdUSA office, they were having no problem getting those visa appointments um, sorted out. And the other group really 
struggled, even though we would provide, you know, the letter for them to request, an, you know, an expedited appointment. I just don't know that they knew who to get in touch with or they knew the right people. Um, you know, some of them did okay on their own and others didn't. And at that point, I was really trying to urge them to connect with the Education USA office because I believe that they have connections in some cases. I know they do. Um, but I don't know that every single student took that advice and did it. Um, and so one of the things I would love to focus on in the future is to, you know, look at ways that I can actually, um, you know, send a little grouping of emails that talks a little bit more about what Education USA is, um, you know, reassuring students that it's not an agent or anything like that, that it really is a State Department <laughs> sponsored entity um, of the United States, that these are advisors that, um, you know, provide free help to um, to help them along with that, that that visa interview process and really encourage them to use those services because they'll ask me, oh, do you have a deadline that I need to get this stuff in by? And I go, well, it's different for every country. And the best way to know, you know, what that timeline looks like in your country is to connect with your EdUSA advisor because they're going to know all, <laughs> all of the details about that. So I think in the future, that's something that I'd, I'd like to integrate. Yeah, I like that a lot. So to be clear, Education USA offers in a lot of places these pre-departure orientations. Um, do you guys have experience with those? Could you talk a little bit about what, what goes on in those? We've definitely, um, you know, collaborated with some of the uh, centers to help promote those with admitted students that we know are coming. So it's a great way to get an extra resource out to those students and extra information into their hands about what to expect. I would agree that we've we've worked with the various Education USA offices to promote the pre-departure sessions. I think it's where my office is a very small, we're like a two-person office. So any resource that we can take advantage of or leverage, like an Education USA um, office to help us to get the word out to admitted students to help them on their pathway to our institution is such an asset because it on the ground, in their city, wherever they're living. Um, and again, because it's such a reputable entity uh, by the State Department, it just, it says so much, again, about our connection, about the quality of the opportunities in the United States. And um, well, I, one thing I wanted to mention, too, is this session, we're we're advertised as seasoned professionals, and we are. We have many years of experience among us. But even in that case, having been to the session, to the forum so many times, I leave here with so many new ideas and 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 learning. Right? Why am I not using Education USA to help me with the application or other facets of the enrollment funnel? So, even a even someone like me can just leave here to figuring new ways to implement Education USA into our strategy other thing that we'll see, so many, many, many of our Education USA centers sit in embassies, as you guys know, um, doesn't mean that they have any sort of in with our consular affairs folks, um, but it does mean that they know how the system works, right? And they know um, how the interviews work and how that goes. And so I think um, students who are better prepared for their interviews, which which are shockingly short. I think I heard a statistic, they're less than a minute long. Um, you know, but sort of they do some mock interviews with the students that can really um, aid them when they're going in and, and talking a little bit about it. I think, Daniel, you were talking earlier about 
um, how students who work with Education USA really understand our educational system. Um, and if they understand the educational system, then they're better able to speak to why they've applied to a particular university, which I know is something that, that consular officers you know, often want to hear about. Why did you pick this one? This year, we, we saw in particular, there were different, different countries had different or different embassies. Consular offices had different um, processes for requesting an emergency um, interview. And, you know, some of them wanted them to actually have picked whatever date was available um, far out and then request. And some of them wanted, you know, there were just different, it was different processes. And, and, um, and it's impossible for us to know all of that for every country. Um, anything else on this? I have one more last thing. I just want to mention, too, um, on the institution side, that the various Education USA centers will use social media um, to advertise things like visa openings and dates and, and even coming back to us. That's like an additional piece of information. We have a very good international services office, but at the same time as a small office on a big campus, any additional information like the postings on social media just help us to be better in terms of the information that we're giving to students. Absolutely. Um, the last thing that I'm going to say about this particular stage in the process, um, and this actually goes back to the relationship management piece, how do we build pipelines? Um, if you are doing yield events, right, these are again admitted student events in country, um, even though there might not be an obvious uh, place for your advisor at that particular event, um, invite those advisors, right, so they can see sort of the fruits of their own labor, right? This is the kind of except for maybe the pre-departure orientation, this is sort of the, the last opportunity that they're going to see um, these students who they've worked with, you know, sometimes for a couple of years. Um, so I, I would encourage you guys to, um, anyone listening, to make sure that you're advising, ad, advising the advisors. If um, you happen to be in a city where REAC is, go ahead and invite those folks as well. All right, so I think we will close this out with an opportunity for you each and I didn't prepare you this for this, I'm sorry, um, to provide some words of wisdom um, for people who perhaps are a little bit less seasoned. Maybe they're new to international ed altogether, or maybe they've been doing domestic stuff, and have all of a sudden, like we see with a lot of our colleagues, they've heard from their, you know, their supervisors or, or their leadership, hey, um, could you bring in some international students, too, and they're not sure how to start. So, um, yeah, give us some words of wisdom. Uh, I think the forum is a good place to start, especially when it, building international education and, and recruitment is about building relationships. It's not just about, oh, just, you know, make a post here and send some emails. Um, and especially now in this age where, you know, EDUSA, um, REACTS and advisors, they've been around for a long time. Um they have some some longevity and and so it is it is worth it to make that investment to build the relationships and keep in contact and you know reach out and and when you do that they get to know the, your name as well and they know you and and sometimes i'm surprised when i email an advisor thinking oh my gosh they get you know tons of emails and they actually remember who i am and that's kind of cool um and i'm like okay great now we've, we've got something established um you know and keep them up to date with what's going on you know send them a little a little annual update about changes at your university and, and those are good ways to to reach out and and keep in touch and, and kind of keep current, but it's, it's a lot about relationship building. I think that um, 
A, the forum is just such a great place to start. And to build on that, to really think about the long term, the investment that you put into relationships. I mean, we're really involved in relationship development management. It's it's not something that can happen overnight. And I know that maybe on each of our campuses, there might be leaders who want quick answers and they want return on investment and all of that. But it, in reality, what we are doing is, is doing all of this through that relationship development. Education USA is such a critical tool for that. And we are also, um, Petra, as you pointed out, building those relationships with the advisors themselves and all of us collaborating together. And while we're all, of course, promoting our own institutions in some way or another, we, I, and I, I feel it's fair to say this, that all of us are really promoting education in the USA first and really helping to help students understand where they might fit in, where their wants and needs, um, what direction they might be heading. And so that's really, it's such a wonderful aspect of our industry, what we do and how we work together and how we fit in with Education USA. So for anybody kind of coming into this for the first time, I think it's really important that they understand that nuance and kind of stay committed to that, uh, to the collaboration that we all have together. I really, Petra and Daniel, really like what you both just said. And just to build on it briefly, I remember myself when I first started working in internet, I've been doing admissions for a long time, but international higher ed, um, not as long, but it's actually now it does seem pretty long. But I remember when I first started, I was very excited, but I was also slightly overwhelmed by all that there was to learn and all the resources and services. And one name continually rose up on the radar, which was Education USA. And I had colleagues on campus who were really confident. They really were very knowledgeable about the resources. And I thought, how will I ever learn what they know? And over time, I would, you know, just begin to read. What I have found is that Education USA, we've talked about all the different resources and, and assets, but it's very accessible. That and and you, you know you learn you show patience you talk to people develop the relationships and before you know it it does take time but before you know it you're utilizing the resources you're building it into your strategy um, and it really becomes like such an asset and and for those of us in this work just a great support and before you know it you're comfortable confident and you're sitting at a podcast to your wildest dreams but these things do happen and so we're very um as i said maybe 10 years ago i could never have imagined it but that now i really feel that education usa is just something that i just can't even imagine doing this work without very well said thank you yeah yeah um so i just wanted to give a couple of plugs one for people who cannot get on the road maybe they don't have resources, right? Um, of course, we have the DC Forum, which we're all at right now, and other other conferences. Um, pretty much most um, recruiting-centered higher ed conferences, we're going to see some Education USA representation, whether it's our program officers, our REACs, or our advisors. But we also do campus visits, right? And so for this particular forum, for example, we brought in about 50 advisors, um, and some of them came in early, some of them are staying late, and they are visiting campuses. And you can apply to have advisors come to your campus to visit. Um, 
you take them on a tour, you show them around. When I was in higher ed, I did engineering like, like you, Kathleen. And so I brought them into the engineering school and talked a lot about that, gave them a little bit of lunch, right? So if you can't get out on the road, get into where they are, you can, you know, there's always opportunities to bring them, to bring them to your campus. Um, this is a completely shameless plug <laughs> and not exactly related to what we're talking about today. But in the very beginning, we talked a lot about fairs um, and we have a new fair registration portal. Um, and so if you are a higher ed recruiter looking um, to do, whether it's virtual or in-person events, they're all finally in one place and you can register for all of them at once. You do need to go in, you need to create a username and password. Um, but once you get into that, we, you know, we have everything there so you can see it all. Um, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think we are putting up fares and then um, indicating the date that the registration will open. Um, so sometimes I know you get surprised, oh, that, you know, and then by the time you realize it's full, um, and so kind of checking that website um, occasionally is going to be going to be really helpful for you. But you do need to go in, create a username and password to make that happen. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Many of you know that Monday. November 14th marks the beginning of International Education Week, or IEW. Please listen to this special announcement from our Open Doors team about how you can kick off IEW this year. Hi, this is Julie Baer from the Open Doors team at the Institute of International Education. Are you looking for the best way to begin your International Education Week this year? Or do you need insights that can help you develop recruitment plans and guide your international education strategy? Open Doors can help with both. We want to personally extend an invitation for you to join us at our annual data release on Monday, November 14th at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time where we will share the latest trends on international student mobility in the United States. To register for this virtual event, go to opendoorsdata.org and sign up on our website. This year's annual data release will feature expert speakers who will provide context about international student enrollment, along with insights about US study abroad and the global landscape of student mobility. We will highlight the latest Open Doors data about trends and patterns and the number of international students in the United States, where students come from, what fields they major in, and how they fund their studies. We welcome you to join us in this important discussion as we plan for the future of international students at colleges and universities across the United States. I hope to see you all at the Open Doors annual data release on Monday, November 14th. The views and opinions of the Edge Podcast do not necessarily represent those of Education Law State, U.S. Department of State, or the U.S. Government.